There's that line that we all know, which goes, show me your friends and I will show you who you are. And I think in our modern world, we could say, show me your YouTube homepage and I will show you who you are. And for those of you who don't know what a YouTube homepage is, it's when you watch YouTube videos, eventually they make a personalized kind of homepage of all the videos you might like. And so when I pull up my YouTube homepage, the board game tutorials, Catholic talks, basketball commentary, and Marvel movie breakdowns. And what's really interesting with these YouTube um, homepages is that it's all based on the YouTube algorithm. There are thousands upon thousands of hours of content on YouTube. They say that there are 300 hours uploaded each minute, and that one billion people per day watch YouTube. And the algorithm is generally based off of two categories. The first one is called performance. How many times people watch this video, for how long, how many likes, and how many comments. And then the second one is personalization. It's based on your search history and kind of what you've watched in the past. And with that combination and some other factors, they're able to give you a personally curated list of YouTube videos. And this personally curated content, what we want and what we don't want, is a great way to be entertained. It's a great way to watch YouTube, to listen to music, or even to watch movies. But today, Jesus is inviting us to understand that there is a temptation sometimes to see our faith in a personally curated way, to try to customize our faith. See, in the gospel today, the Pharisees see Jesus and his disciples not washing their hands. And we wonder, well, is Jesus against good hygiene or something like that? What's going on here? And if you go deeper into the roots of what's going on, you'll realize that, you see, in the Old Testament, the Bible instituted ritual purity laws for the priests. Right? And so priests had to wash their hands and their feet before they were offering or partaking of a sacrifice. Which is also very interesting because what, what's one thing that I do before I offer the sacrifice of the Mass? I wash my hands. And so that's why we wash, the priest washes his hands at that point. And so what happened though was that the Pharisees instituted this rule, not just for priests, but for all people and all meals. You see, the Pharisees were, in a way, we kind of see them as the bad guys in the, in, the, in the Bible, but really, originally, they were kind of the good guys. They were trying to hold on to the Jewish tradition by separating themselves from their Gentile neighbors. And so they were trying to promote faithfulness to, to Judaism. And that's why the word Pharisee means. It means the separated ones, separating themselves from the, in a way, the defilement of the world. But what began to happen over time is that they began to create these, their own traditions, and then these own traditions began to neglect the command and the law of God. And that's why Jesus today says, you abandon the commandment of God and hold to human tradition. You see, what happened is that 
their hands were cleaned, but their hearts were not. And their hearts were full of fornication, murder, envy, slander, pride. You know, another really interesting example is that the Pharisees, in the Old Testament, everyone was commanded to give 10% of their crops, right? And so the Pharisees wanted to take it another level. They gave 10% of their mint, their dill, and their cumin, which is basically like their condiments. So imagine you gave 10% of your crops, and you gave 10% of your ketchup, and your mustard, and your sriracha, in my case. And so in a way, when you're looking on the outside, you're like, wow, these people are very intense. They give 10% of literally everything. But what happens is Jesus is calling them out and saying, you would give 10% of your possessions, but you don't give 10% of even your heart. Because then the Pharisees were neglecting mercy and justice. And so the first meaning of understanding what Jesus is trying to say is that sometimes it's easy to appear righteous rather than to actually be righteous. I mean, that makes sense. It's easier to wash my hands than to cleanse my heart. That takes a lot more work. But I think the second deeper meaning, the reason why maybe people are they're making it easier, is because sometimes we want to custom, customize our faith to have a personally curated version of our faith. You know, in the early church, there was a man who literally did this. His name was Marcion. He lived in 144 AD. And he couldn't reconcile the justice of God in the Old Testament with the mercy of God in the New Testament. So what he did was he um, began to take out parts of the Bible. He's like, you know what? I don't like the Old Testament. I don't like the Jewishness in the Bible either. So I'm going to take out Matthew, Mark, John, and so all he had left in his Bible was Luke and then some of the letters of St. Paul. And what happened is that for us in our culture today, we can have that same mentality where we can try to customize our faith. But we know that that doesn't work really in a lot of circumstances. It can work with your Spotify playlist, but not with relationships. Right? Imagine if you looked at your significant other and said, you know, I like your eyes, but not your nose. I like your smile, but not your laugh, right? Or I like your elbow, but not your hair, right? That's not a relationship, right? That's a Mr. Potato Head. You're just putting pieces of a person you like together. In other words, it's not a real thing, a real person. And so it's the same with God as well. We can't choose and pick what we like about God or what His laws are because His laws reveal His heart and reveals who we are. And by being faithful to the law, it's more than just breaking an abstract commandment. It's remaining in covenant relationship with God. And so I bring this up because it's a form of caution. You know, St. Augustine said in the 4th century, he encountered this back then because the people's hearts back then were the same as ours. And he says that if you believe what you like in the Gospels, it's not the Gospels you believe, but yourself. That's very, very convicting. If you believe what you like in the Gospels, it's not the Gospels you believe, but yourself. And so for most of us, we probably won't create our own Bible. But there's a temptation, in a way, 
to have a personally curated version of our faith, to customize our own religion. This is something that I'm reflecting on my own life as well. Do I accept everything? And so there are three ways in which we can try to customize our faith. And again, like I said, this comes from the reflection in my own life. The first way we can try to customize our faith is sometimes there are difficult teachings on the church. And sometimes we kind of keep them off to the side. Right? Some of the more controversial teachings of the church. Right? Especially about marriage and family life. And so Jesus is inviting us that even though we don't fully understand it, to trust that He has a plan and that His laws are for our good. The second way that we can customize our faith is that even though maybe we don't reject certain teachings of the faith, we can have greater preferences or emphasis on certain things. So for example, I can like the mercy of God, but maybe not His justice. Or I've seen it the other way around where some people love the justice of God, but not His mercy. Or maybe, for example, I'm pro-life and I want to uphold the dignity of the unborn, but I don't like my brother. Or, I love feasting. The feasting of the church is awesome. But the fasting part, I don't know. And then the third way that we can customize our faith as well is that sometimes it's a temptation because of our distrust maybe of our leaders is that we can rely more on unapproved private revelation rather than upon the solid teaching of the church, the scripture, and the tradition. The church, which is the pillar and bulwark of truth. And so, my brothers and sisters, today, I really encourage you. And it's an invitation, this is not a judgment, but an invitation to accept the fullness of the truth. Because if we worship our preferences, our preferences don't save us, it's God who saves us. And so, it's an invitation today to be totally Catholic. See, Catholic. In the Greek version, it's made up of two words. It means kata and holos. And so to be Catholic means to be according to the whole. It's to desire the whole content of the Catholic faith, and not just the parts we like. And also as well, it is an invitation to trust. Because sometimes when we feel like we hear about these laws and these teachings, it's hard to believe. We want to customize it. Maybe because, maybe not out of malice, but because we don't fully trust. And so today, I'm inviting you to trust that God is not a dictator who's trying to enslave us, but God is a Father who wants to love us and to guide us. And so how do you see God? And I'll just close with the words of Jesus who reminds us what type of Father that we have. Which of you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him?